Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. You honor us by finding us and listening in. We pray this sermon stirs up your love for Jesus and grows you in your faith. But before we begin, we ask that you not let this podcast, or any podcast for that matter, replace the local church in your life. You need to be a member of a local congregation and under the shepherding of that flock's pastor. So please become part of a local church if you aren't currently. If you'd like more information about our church, please go to www.mountzionchula.org. Enjoy our podcast. Happy New Year. It is here upon us. Asking me to lead in worship this morning, and I pray that uh, what we say today will be something that will guide us through this coming new year. All the decisions we have to make, choices that will make all the difference in the world to us, they'll be the right choices if we allow the Lord to lead us in everything we do. When I say in everything we do, I don't mean just some of it. <laughs> you know, you know, us come back and say, oh, I got this under control. Listen to what he has to say to us. I want you to open your Bibles up this morning to uh, Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to start reading there in verse uh, 15. I thought about what to share with you today on this uh, beginning of a new year. One thought that came to my mind was uh, the consistency that we ought to have in our Christian life. That it's not just uh, something that comes up to show on Sunday morning when we gather together, but it's something we do seven days a week, literally 24 hours a day, that our light shine that Jesus may be proclaimed in what we say how we act and we make all these resolutions this time of year things that I'm going to make sure I'm going to do and I'm going to ask the Lord to lead me and guide me and then usually what happens 15 minutes after we say we're going to do all that, we don't forget it all. But let's make a dedicated effort this year to remember those resolutions that we make. I want to share with you uh, some of the top New Year's resolutions. Number one is spend more time with your family and friends. It's a good idea, isn't it? Number two, fit in fitness. I tried that and it didn't help. <laughs> Tame the bulge. Over 66% of 
American adults are considered overweight. Then next one, enjoy life more. That sounds great, doesn't it? You know, when you enjoy life more than what you have before, it does away with a lot of the criticism that comes out of your mouth. It does a, a, a lot of good when you're thinking about others and what you can do for them and how you can respond in love to them in times they have needs or in times they just need somebody to pat them on the back and say, I appreciate you. Love you. So enjoy life more. And then get out of debt. Bless our poor hearts. Can't do that in a year's time. And it'll take a lot of planning. And sometimes you just have to say no. No to yourself and no to others. Get out of debt. And then learn something new. I say, why? You know, I got enough to do without taking on something else new. I thought I had a lot going on when, when I was pastoring. But I've seemed to get caught more about the things that need to be done now that I've retired. Because every morning, Dorothy's got a new plan. <laughs> Help others. That's when you're thinking about somebody else's needs. Then get organized. Starting now. Let it flow. In Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 15, reading through verse 20, is where I want us to focus our attention this morning. Scripture says, pay careful attention how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is, and do not get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music from your heart to the Lord. Give thanks always for everything. God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submit to one another in the fear of Let me suggest to you that the Lord should be included in every aspect of 
life that we have. Our marriages, our family, our children, our work, our play, our pleasure. It ought not to be something that we just come back on uh, beginning of the new year and say, you know, I'm going to do all of this. I'm going to put God in the right perspective. I'm going to put my family in the right perspective. I'm going to put others in the right perspective. Then I'm going to deal with myself and my needs. That's something we find awful hard to do. So we come to this time of year and we make resolutions about what we're going to do and what we're going to do about it. We need to be careful in how we live. Careful in the way we live. We need to be wise. We need to be careful with our time because it's God's timing. We don't need to contribute to evil, but we need to seek the I found this about a fellow who, who had a catalog of self-induced injuries. It reads like something out of the Spanish Inquisition. He had a fractured skull, had torn rotator cuff. I've had two of them. He shattered fingers. He broke his wrist. He had a fractured elbow, torn muscles, sulfuric acid burns. He had multiple times broken his nose and a ruptured tendon in his ankle. That poor guy. Doctors loved seeing him come, didn't they? When he broke his ankle, he said, I didn't trip or anything. I was just walking down the hall, and I was in a hurry. And I went around the corner, and it suddenly felt like somebody hit me in the ankle with a baseball bat. Hurry, worry, multitasking, those things can get in our way, and, and they can cause us to be accident-prone as well. Stress is such a large factor when it comes to accidents that we're all vulnerable to it when it comes to a time when we should be more cautious about things we're doing, more alert about what's going on around us. Because if we're not alert to all those things going on around us, we'll fall into more accidents get into more trouble. That's life. But I want you to know something. Everything I just said is true in the spiritual realm as well. We've got to be precautious. Not with God, but precautious with ourselves. And what we do with the Word of God, what we do with the tugging of the Holy Spirit upon our life and in the ways that he has. What we do as we love those around us and we 
minister to those in need. All of those things have to come into place. Let's be honest. So many times we're not as spiritually minded as we ought to be. We think more about ourselves than we do others. We think more about our needs than we do with others. We think more of our prestige than we think about others. Colossians 2, Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4 tell us that we should be doing things the right way and we should be focusing on the right things says this, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, and set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. I'm sure that if we all sat down and just thought a little bit, we would recall times in our lives when we didn't always function properly. We'd recall times in our lives when we remembered we opened our mouth and spoke before we thought. We'll remember when we acted so foolish put somebody else in danger we'll remember all the mistakes that we have made when in reality we did what we wanted to do Folks, God has told us in so many ways in life that we don't listen to what he has to say to us well. Some people just think it's, it's right to keep on doing the same old thing over and over and over again. That's not right. You keep doing the same thing over and over again, you'll get yourself into a rut. Just like walking. You start walking a path. What happens to it? First off, the grass quits growing there. Secondly, the path starts dipping. But you stay on that same path and, and before long it gets dipped down enough as deep as your ankles. And if you stay on that path long enough, you'll end up being knee deep wherever you was planning to go. And that's a hard way to travel, isn't it? That's the same thing that's true for us also. If we just have those so called special scriptures 
of the Word of God. And that's the only ones we ever read. That's the only ones we ever look at. <coughs> or it's a special book in the Bible that we hold to. And that's the only one we pay attention to. Before long, you'll find yourself knee-deep in this. Because the Bible speaks to us every day life. Some people keep right on doing the same old thing over and over again before long. They're deep in that trench. See a sign that says, I told you so. Careful the way you live. Use your time for the Lord and seek the Lord in life. Serve the Lord no matter what else you do. That's something that we ought to remember during this new year. During this new year, we ought to be thoughtful. That's what verse 18 says there. It says, and do not get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless action, but be filled with the Spirit. You need to be thoughtful of others. What are they going through? How are they feeling? Where can I be of help? Where can I assist? From an unknown source comes an article entitled, How to Be Miserable. It says, think about yourself. Talk about yourself. Use I as often as possible. Mirror yourself continually in the opinion of others. Listen greedily to what people say about you and expect always be appreciated. Be suspicious of all those around you. Be jealous and envious. Be sensitive to slights. Never forgive a criticism. Trust nobody but yourself. Insist on consideration and respect. Demand agreement with your own views on everything. Look. People are not grateful to you for the favors that you've shown them. Never forget a service you have rendered. Do away with your duties if you can. Do as little as possible for others. Let's never fall into that situation. We think we're the grandest. We're the best. We are more needy than anybody else. But in this room of people here this morning, there's that many needs that exist here today. We all have. I'm too self-focused that we forget about others.
when Roy Delamonte was chaplain of Payne's College here in Georgia. He preached the shortest sermon in the college's history. However, he had a long topic. His topic for his message was, What Does Christ Answer When We Ask? Lord, what's in religion for me? text of his message later explained that the one word sermon was meant for people brought up in the gimme 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 gospel when asked how long it took him to prepare that message he said 20 years nearly 70% of the people questioned an Associated Press poll said people are ruder than they were 20 or 30 years ago. Peggy Newfell, founder of president of Personal Best, said generation that's come of age in the times of changing, that's the 1960s and 1970s, parents. I thought about that. I said, you know, that's the old illustration because the 1960s, I wasn't a parent. <laughs> but now I'm a grandparent. We don't stress the importance of manners this day and time like we used to. Manners like standing up when a lady comes by. Manners like opening a door for somebody. This is the way it is most of the time now. You know, you just go through it and you hope they catch the door for it shuts in their face. Whopping 93% in AP poll faulted parents for failing to teach their children well. Those things that would show respect and honor to others around them. Are we rude? I hope not. Are we quick to be polite in action and speech? I hope we do. Sometimes I find myself forgetting to say thank you. Then later I just end up whipping myself for it. You know, the big question is, what? how do we feel about being rude to God? We come to Sunday school, we come to church, we come to prayer meeting, we go out and we live like we've not heard anything that makes a point in my life. You know, that Aaron's up here preaching to everybody else but me. That when the song service is taking place, those songs and those words in the hymnal are not meant to speak to me, but somebody else. And we sing them anyway. 
See, we try to do as little as possible. And I hope we're never rude to those around us. Five-year-old said grace at the family supper table one night. It went like this. Dear God, thank you for these pancakes. And when he concluded, his parents asked him why he thanked God for pancakes when they were having chicken. And he smiled and he said, I thought I'd see if he was paying attention tonight. I believe that God pays very good attention to all of us. He pays attention to us when we pray and when we don't pray. He pays attention to us when we give him praise and honor and glory and when we don't. Psalms 103, praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Dr. Dale Robbins wrote, I used to think people complained because they had a lot of problems. I've come to the realization they have problems because they complain. Complaining doesn't change anything or make situations any better. It amplifies frustration. It spreads discontent and discord. It can invoke an invitation for the devil to cause havoc on our lives. In essence, folks, complaining can make us absolutely It can push us away from everybody around us that wants to love us or everybody around us. It pushes them away when they need so much love. Psalm 77 I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Philippians 2.13 Do everything without complaining and arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like the stars in the universe. See, many people are only interested in what they can get not what they can give and not what they owe to the Lord. Key passages of scripture reminds us that in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Galatians 5, 13. You, my brother, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. It's all the difference in the world. Galatians 6.2 Bear one another's burdens so to fulfill the law of Christ. 
Look for those opportunities when people are hurting. And you may not have the right answer. But there's one thing you do have. Always. It makes all the difference in the world with those around us. When they are struggling, you say, I don't know what to say. Put your arm around them. Love them. Just simply share a simple thought. Just tell them, I'm here with you. Whatever you need, we'll get it. And let that be how you lead them. And then check back with them. Several key scriptures that should guide us in our thinking in our life. First Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6.9 and 10, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Matthew 22, beginning in verse 36. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. The second is likened to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and all the prophets hang on these two commandments. We love God first. And then we love our fellow man. We won't go wrong. Amen? We won't go wrong. We should be spirit-centered and trusting Christ for everything. And then in this new year that we're in now, we need to be thankful. Thankful for what we have. Thankful for how we've been blessed. Thankful for our families. Thankful for our church family you know our families can come and tell us that they're praying for us anything I can do around here to help you and we're so appreciative of that but as the church family we ought to be that way 
all those in our church. Where's your need? We've seen that play out so many times in our church. Where there was a need, it was met. Where there was hurt, there was those that were praying for healing. This church is a church that always has a positive thought. We need to be thankful for Christ, all he's done for us. He's made what we're going through here in this room today possible. For believers to gather together to worship at the beginning of a new year looking out in the future and not knowing what's there, but making a decision in your own heart and your own mind, I'm going to follow Christ more this year than I did last year. I'm going to be closer to him this year than I was last year. I'm going to get into the word this year. When I, I said I was going to do it last year and didn't do it, We can be thankful that we have a Father that loves us. First Thessalonians 5, 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I'm convinced that a grateful person is someone that will live longer, live better, and be blessed more. Someone said this. Last year when I called my parents, I wished them a happy new year. My dad answered the phone. And I asked him, well, dad, what's your new year's resolution? He said, it's to make your mother as happy as I can all year long. And he said that proudly. Then he got his mom on the phone and he said, What's your resolution, Mom? She said, see your daddy keeps his. God would certainly like for us to keep our resolutions this year. He knows that the way to be blessed is walking with the Lord, trusting him for everything, doing things his way and not our way. And if we do that, that's the way we'll be blessed in this year ahead. So be careful. Something will pull you away from that thought. Be thoughtful. Let it keep going through your mind. And be thankful. Amen? We're going to have an invitation. Caleb, come on up here and lead us in a song. And it's an invitation that if you don't know Christ Jesus, ask him into your heart.
you've got a problem with somebody, maybe you need to kneel at the altar and say, God, help me in this situation. Whatever your need is, respond as God is leading you. Caleb. Amen. Well, number 414, softly and tenderly. Number 414, y'all stand as we sing. Thank you.